0: This This is
1: the Second Second
0: Story Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. I'm a Capricorn sun, an Aquarius moon, and a Leo rising. If that didn't mean anything to you, that's okay. I don't really know what it means either, but I know lots of people who do and have talked me through it. I find astrology fascinating because just like all forms of spirituality— It operates primarily through faith for those who believe it. This week's story, from teller Aaron Talley, begins with a dive into astrology, but takes us on a journey through many other areas of faith and belief, including family, shrooms, and Beyonce, just to name a few. Recorded live at Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago in November 2023, Second Story is proud to present the Beyonce vibration.
0: Okay, I have to admit it, I'm an astrology nigga. (laughs) I know we're insufferable, but I can't help myself, okay? I'm a Scorpio, which means I like to think I'm deep. I'm an Aquarius rising, so I like to think I'm better than other people for being deep. And I'm a Capricorn moon, so I'm going to work hard at being deep and better than other people. And if you don't know what any of that means after this story just come find me or any one of my kinfolk who I know are somewhere in this crowd. (laughs) There they go right there and we'll pretend (laughs) to be coy while we talk your ear off about it. astrology is having a moment you've probably heard of the infamous mercury retrograde when the planet itself appears to be moving backwards across the sky. People usually blame it for why your computer crashed or you lost your wallet. Or you've attempted to break the ice on an awkward date by asking someone sign, maybe you can't roll your eyes fast enough, or more seriously, perhaps you found yourself lost after tragedy scrolling through a shady looking website with outdated HTML looking for a sense of purpose. I just remembered the sound of my mother's voice through the phone raspy and shaking. Tino gone there. Tino Gung. My cousin, Valentino Edward Page, had been found on December 5th, 2022, outside, just about frozen to death, two days before his 31st birthday. A drug overdose, fentanyl. He died on the way to the hospital. My cousin died under a Mars retrograde, a planetary signature much less known. Oddly enough, my cousin was born when Mars went retrograde in the sign of cancer in 1992. He was a Sagittarius. My cousin was a double amputee. He was born missing a bone in his leg. So the doctors did that so he could have a better quality of life. Now, this is already taken on a somber tone, I know, but my cousin was anything but. First of all, he was funny as hell. One of my earliest childhood memories involves him and me at a funeral for a relative too old for either one of us to care about. And when his older sister tried to shush us for talking too much, Tino rolled on his side and, with the biggest smile on his face, farted loud enough for the entire pew to hear. We literally had the church giggles for the rest of the service. In true Sagittarius fashion, my cousin was a philosopher on even the most mundane aspects of life. When he was into something, it automatically became the best thing, and he can go into a diatribe about why. Man, cuz, let me tell you why Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is the best one in the series. Man, cuz, see, if I was in The Walking Dead, I feel like I could survive longer, because I could hide in cabinets and shit. (laughs) If you could picture a dreadheaded stoner, that was Tino. And he was strong as fuck since he was dependent on his arms. If no ramp was nearby, he could remove himself from his wheelchair and drag it up himself one stair at a time. I think he was truly given a soul that was too big for his body. I spent New Year's pretending to be okay. I'm not really all that spontaneous, but after the funeral, I told myself that a getaway was in order. And when my best friend Brandon suggested a trip to DC, I jumped at the opportunity. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with black gay territory, there are two meccas. <laughs> One is Atlanta, which is a little bit more Hollywood. And the other is DC, where you quote unquote, find a husband. The entry staircase I found myself in was narrow, but flanked by exposed brick. We arrived to an elegant loft space, awash in a hue of purple light. Decadent foodstuffs were littered across a kitchen island. All the furniture appeared to be straight out of a CB2 catalog, and the gays were beautiful. <laughs> the host, let's call him Kevin, was of course a scientist and clearly rich and bored enough to plan lavish New Year's Eve parties. Brandon. Like, I'm too high for this, I said as we had entered. Oh, okay, girl, you're fine. He's always reassuring, but I was a depressed mess, and all I could think to do was try to act normal. Now, for all intents and purposes, I was cute. I wore a clean all black outfit with rubber platform shoes that I like to think were very chic. And I struck up a conversation with the cutest guy near me. He was nice enough and wore a nice little black tank top with chiseled arms, clearly on purpose to show his muscles. Now, I don't remember what I said to this man. I just somehow ended up barraging him with a slew of questions that I thought were breaking the ice. Girl, are you anxious? Brandon asked when I finally gave this man a moment to breathe. What, can you tell? "Um, Maybe, which is Brandon for hell yes. Am I doing a lot? No, you're fine. I can just tell you're a little nervous, that's all. The ball dropping provided a a brief moment of respite. Kevin had a rooftop patio with a mounted TV to watch it. You had to ascend another metal staircase to get to it. The stairs became a bit precarious as a slight drizzle had started to form. Don't spill this drink, I thought to myself as I climbed. We were accidentally late for the ball drop, all of us a bit too high and a bit too drunk. But it was nice to be outside. Being the quiet, therapied individual I am, I gave myself permission to linger upstairs and take in the chill night air. And I finally start to settle down. After a few deep breaths, I'm ready to make it back to the party. I walk back to the metal steps, which now are covered by a thin film of water. Do not spill this drink. Y'all know where this is going. Y'all, I promise I was being so careful, drinking one hand, one hand on the railing, but I don't know if it was my rubber platform shoes or my low vibrations, but I slipped (laughs) cartoon style down these steps. Both my feet came up from under me and I landed on the steps with a hard thud. At this point, any shred of dignity had been massacred. I tried to play it off, trying to be the person who can laugh at myself. But remember, I'm a Scorpio sun, an Aquarius rising, and a Capricorn moon. None of these signs like to laugh at themselves. Beyoncé was back, y'all. The Virgo goddess, the single lady siren, here to remind us that no one could break our soul, that people needed to move out the way because we're heated, but that even still, life could be pure honey. The blaring house inspired music had become a beautiful counter backdrop to the dreariness of 2022. And now after scrambling for tickets, countless songs on repeat, she was finally back on tour. Adding to the grandeur, the planet of love and beauty, Venus had also now gone retrograde. Now, this was my first major concert and it was somewhat creepy at first. The concert starts with Beyonce gliding to the microphone and gracefully whispering thank yous, thank yous. As the crowd goes absolutely fucking nuts. It's idol worship. Beyonce is a God, and we're her adoring fans. I stared at the ethereal Beyonce and wondered how someone could take in so much energy and adoration. I can barely take a compliment, but on each night, (laughs) she took on the energy of 60,000 people. She seemed to navigate this dance between hyper perfection and complete freedom complete control. Y'all want to try some shrooms? (laughs) The day after the concert, me and another one of my best friends, Keith, found ourselves at a brunch uh, sitting across from a decidedly delusional guy named David. David was an old high school friend who had also been in town for the concert, and Keith and I joined him out of boredom. He made the offer after we surprisingly had a pretty good time. My ever-cautious cancer friend, Keith, gave me that, nah, look. But I think the concert had left me on a figurative high that I had to keep literal. It'll be fine, I said. Now, back in his hotel room, David pulls out a thermos, and I start to sip what tastes like liquid dirt. Now, I usually try to stay away from psychedelics, because schizophrenia runs in my family, and the last thing I need is a loose neuron. But I can see why people feel like it heals their depression. I felt my critical inner voice completely disappear. Keith and I spent the remainder of the night back in my house with with Beyonce blasting in the background. We had one of the most honest conversations we had had in a long time about our lives. And I felt completely unafraid to tell him how much I loved him and how proud I was of him. We were in tears as we talked about what the pandemic had done to us and how we learned to cultivate forgiveness and resilience. He ended up back on the road that night, and it was then that the full extent of the shrooms peaked. Suddenly, it was like everything made sense. I finally understood Beyonce's power. Beyonce. I realized was able to take in all of that energy because she was on a higher vibration than the rest of us look stay with me stay with me okay. See we're middling in our 3D realities desperate for someone to worship, while she in her full 5D consciousness had come down from her throne of transcendence to get us up to speed. Maybe singers, I theorized while I twirled around the house, soaking in my TV's pulsating LED lights, are meant to use their voices to harmonize all of our vibrations. That's why music is universal. I heard each song from the album with new ears as I embodied Beyonce's vibration. I looked in the mirror, gazing at my features with new eyes. I couldn't believe I ever felt self-conscious. I was the handsomest nigga on the planet. I'm that girl. Actually, we're all that girl. And if we could just get past all this shame and all this guilt, we could all reach the fullest extent of our vibrations. And then, crash. I'm on my kitchen floor, wailing. My cousin is dead. He died in the fucking cold. And for what? He lived his whole life with a disability and then died a fucking drug addict. He deserves so much more than what this world gave him. Should have called him more. I should have known. But how could I have known? I miss my cousin. I once had an ex who heavily did drugs. And when I asked him how he kept from panicking, he would just say, Oh, when I realize stuff is getting too bad, I just remind myself that I'm on drugs and then I go to sleep. I noticed that there were bugs crawling on the cabinet door. And when I leaned forward and realized that they were actually just spots, but were still moving, I realized, oh, okay, I'm on drugs. And so I went to sleep. <laughs> I have this text on ancient astrology, the back of which has a few chapters on how to predict the length of someone's life. I'd always been too scared to look at it, but after Tino's death, I found some courage. I'm somewhat disappointed to report that the astrological techniques used to predict the length of life are complicated, cumbersome, and there was debate even amongst the ancient astrologers around which techniques actually work. Even the ancients cannot fully answer the question that plagues humanity, when will I die? As much as I love and believe in astrology and have even had some uncanny experiences with it, I'm glad the rabbit hole only goes so deep. I like to believe that whatever we want to call it, God, universe, or whatever, tells us the answers we need when we need them. If we can't find an answer for death, maybe we don't really need it. Maybe the point, cliche as it is, is really just to live our lives, to not always be looking up at the stars, but keeping our gaze fixed firmly on what's right in front of us.
1: This story was produced by Jenna Myers, curated by Andrew Riley, and directed by Eliza Feder. Music was by Justin Cavazos, and sound engineering was by Michael Benedict. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. To be the first to hear about updates and new episodes, sign up for our podcast listserv at 2ndstory.com backslash podcast, or subscribe to The Second Story podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, The Field Family, The Reva and David Logan Foundation, Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm spits and this, this, this is the second second
0: story podcast